Hello, my fellow music lovers. I'm Allison Hagendorf, and welcome to the show. This is where we celebrate the universal love of music and the rock and roll spirit that lives in each of us. My guest today is the talented singer-songwriter, actress, and model Paris Jackson. We talk all about her influences like Radiohead and Manchester Orchestra, her songwriting process and the new direction of her music, her friendship with former guest Willow, and the importance of mental health and that mind-body connection. And stay tuned after the interview for my sound advice, new music you need to know. It all starts now. Paris, how are you? I'm I'm so excited to connect with you, honestly. Um, I have been following you as a as a music fan. I really love what you're doing. And the first thing I heard from you was eyelids with Andy Hall. And that really got me. I was like, wow, okay, Paris is a true talent. And I love, I'm a huge Manchester Orchestra fan, of, of course, a huge fan of Andy's. I thought the two of you complement each other so beautifully and so uniquely. And you had such a great creative chemistry. I was like, I need to learn more. And ever since that moment, I've been following you and, and your musical career. How did you and Andy first connect? Um, I'm always happy to talk all things Andy because he's, you know, <laughs> a hero. And I always get excited when I meet other fellow Manchester fans. Um, I basically just like stalked him on Twitter and, um, you know, there's like this, there's this thing on Twitter where like you, you can't DM a verified account unless they follow you. And so I had this, That's right. this long message that I had written in my notes and I tweeted at him was like, Hey man, check your DMS. And that like was able to, he, he got that notification. And then he followed me and was like, Hey, like, and he DM me. He's like, I don't see a message. And then I like copy and pasted the message. You went in for the kill. <laughs> kill. And, um, he, yeah, he kind of kept up with some of like the folk stuff and, and little projects that I was doing over the next year and a half. And when he came to play a show, I think it was at the Wiltern, um, for the 10 year, it must have been the 10 year anniversary of everything to nothing because they played the entire album in track order, which was yeah, yeah. So anniversary a show. experience. And I ended up meeting him backstage and I was oh. so nervous that I like spilled drinks everywhere. And like, <laughs> he'll tell you the story too. Like I was on my knees, like trying to clean up the, what I had spilled. And he was just like, we're backstage at a rock show. You don't have to. <laughs> He's like, leave it. Actually, let's spill more. Yeah. Yeah. People have been like spilling drinks back in this room for fucking decades. Uh, So that was cool. And then, and then uh, when it came time to actually like do my first debut solo album, um, my managers have reached out to him and and him and Rob and they were, they said they were down. Uh, It's so special. As is Wilted, your, your debut album. This was a long time coming for you, though, right? Like, is this, this is something you knew you always wanted to do music? Secretly, yes. I feel like I, like, deep down, there's always been, um, it always comes back to music. It always, like, just from the very start, music has always played such a massive role in my life. And the passion for it was always there. And this, like, deep, indescribable love for it was always there. But I didn't, like come into the reality of, oh, this is what I should actually be doing, not just appreciating and experiencing, but like doing and creating and making. Um, that didn't happen until I was about 
probably 20, 20 years old. Cause the, the songs that I'd written previously, I was like, well, I could maybe just do this as a hobby and I can, you know, like it's just a side thing. And then, um, the love for it took over and it was like, no, I can't do it. I can't see myself doing anything else really. I love that. Was there a moment or was it just where you were at that point in your life when you knew you're like, okay, music's going to be my focus? It was a, it was kind of a gradual thing. It was a gradual thing of getting a little bit more comfortable, like playing little acoustic shows here and there, like, you know, local venues, like hotel Mm -hmm. cafe or um, good times, Wayne's, you know, um, and then getting more comfortable with my mouth up against a microphone and a guitar in my hands and, you know, like dozens of eyes. Yeah. Creeping me out. Um, kind of just like getting used to that. And then after my first few shows, I was like, I want to, I want to keep doing this. Like this is. When did you pick up the guitar? What inspired you to, to learn the instrument? I don't know if there was one thing that like inspired me specifically. Um, all of my favorite musicians that I was listening to at the time that I was like 13, 14 years old. Um, there's guitar in all of those songs. Yeah. And, um, I remember there being like, I was like on a holiday with uh, my cousin TJ and like a, a bunch of other cousins and stuff. And, and he had brought his guitar and he was playing it. And I was just like watching him do it. And I was like, I think I want to do that. And he's like, when we get back to That's LA, awesome. we can get you a guitar. And he'd shown me a couple things on it. And then uh, I ended up mo- learning mostly, mostly on YouTube. There's a channel called Mahalo mm-hmm. and you can learn a bunch of songs and, and chords and stuff. You're a really good player. I actually, I love listening to you and watching you play. You mentioned when you were like 13, 14, 15, you know, that is the imprinting period, you know, like whatever you discover on your own at that time is part of you for life and it changes you, you know, what, what were you listening to at that time? I was just starting to discover bands like, um, like Motley Crue and Def Leppard and Poison. Um, Love it. White Snake Sticks, like just all of the like 80s metal. So fun. Van Halen was so like fun. big for me. Um, and uh, and then I started around like 14, 15 was more like, okay, cool. Like the Pixies, Smashing Pumpkins, yeah. Nirvana, um, going a little bit grungier with it. And then, and so now I'm like learning how, Andy was the one that actually taught me how to like really let go and just scream in the studio. And yeah. since then, I'm like, okay, now that I can do this, I can go and make the music that I've been wanting to make since I was like 15. And so all of this like new music that's coming out, my next album, the the single that we're releasing relatively soon in the next like month or two, um, it's very inspired by Nirvana, Smashing Pumpkins, Interpol. You're speaking my language here because my personal renaissance was the 90s. I that was my, that's, I was, that was when I was 13, 14, 15. So those bands that you all just mentioned are part of me. Nirvana changed my life. Just hearing it, I was never the same. Do you like, uh, do you like Mars Underground? So by the way, another thing I want to say about you is that every time you post a story, strong song choice on your Thank part. You. You have amazing music taste. And I saw you post in Marcy Playground. I was like, yes, followed by aneurysm, Nirvana. So that Marcy album, everyone knows like Sex and Candy. Yeah. That's not even the best song on the album. If no. you just listen, like the the cohesiveness of all of the, just everything about that album is fantastic. 
And that's like, you're like my sonic soul sister because I'm with you. And people don't realize that often the single, okay, great. That's a great song, but it's usually, or in a lot of cases, not the best song. It's the deep cuts you got to discover for yourself. And that's when you really love a band, you know? I mean, so there's a band from the 90s called Blind Melon. Oh, my. Everyone knows that's, yeah, obsessed with Blind Melon. I cover a Blind Melon song every time I play with my band. Stop it. We are okay, now we're connected because Blind Melon's one of those bands where everyone knows No Rain, they know the B Girl video. But if you know Blind Melon, what song do you do? We actually usually do No Rain, but I'm thinking it's great. You know, I, the soup would be a nice switch, but Oh my god, I love you. No Rain just kind of like falls in I was talking to my drummer about it too. My drummer's one of my best friends and we, we talk very honestly with each other and we give each other constructive feedback if we need to. There's a lot of like right. comfort and trust there. And I know that I can come to him if I'm like, if I'm not doing something right, he'll tell me if I ask. And so I remember talking, we, we went, ran through No Rain in rehearsals and I was like, I don't know about this. Like, how are you feeling about it? Like, I do feel good, but am I like mishearing it? Am I just too excited? And he's like, no, the register of the song is just perfect for your voice. And so we've just gotten comfortable and actually turning it into a more like, rock version and i'm also screaming at the top of my lungs so it's okay it's, i need to hear this paris like now I'll send you, I'll send you the video. there's a video of us doing it live on my instagram please do and then you know what song you would also crush in a more stripped down way is change i mean it's such a beautiful song i feel like just you and guitar just stripped down raw mm-hmm. uh, would be such a be- oh my god you would kill that song wow i've chills just thinking about you doing change I'm telling you, I feel like, okay, I'm like, this whole Blind Melon connection just catapulted us like a whole level. Yeah, there's something about those unconventional voices that just, I mean, like, a- Andy's voice is just, like, perfect. Like, there's just, yeah. it's just perfect. His tone, everything he does with it. And then there's also, like, I have this weird soft spot for people that sing the way, like, you know, Blind Melon songs that it's kind of just off a little bit. Connor Obers from yes. Bright Eyes does it a lot. Of course. It's just this almost, they're not doing anything wrong. They're hitting the correct notes. They're not pitchy or out of key, but there's just, it's just considered incorrect. You know what I mean? It's hard to explain. No, you're so right. I see. I love vocalists. That's my thing. I love singers and singers, singers, singers that have a signature sound that's unique to them. They're little texture in their voice, little imperfections that make it so perfect. Um, I know you love Tom York. I'm a, I'm a fellow Radiohead fan. And, um, I love when I went, I first went to your Instagram page and it saw, it said a uh, Tom York impersonator. I was like, I love her. You're the, it's hilarious. That's amazing. Mediocre. It's, it's a mediocre attempt at that. <laughs> and you, I know that you love the album, The Benz, which is my favorite Radiohead album. The best one. You love it so much that you have lyrics tattooed on you, right? Yeah, I have I have uh, lyrics from Black Star. It says "Blame it on the falling sky" here, and then I have lyrics from Nice Dream uh, on my wrist. They dug me my very own garden, gave me sunshine, made me happy. The Benz was one of those albums for me that you know I have the vinyl framed. Um, I'm with you, and then my second favorite Radiohead is OK Computer. Same, same. It's a close second for me. It's a close second because I had I had this really wild experience I'm, I, I can be very um, I have like sensory things and so I can sometimes get like overly stimulated by mm-hmm. certain sounds and mostly with music um, I still I, 
I'm trying to figure out a good way to describe it. I think I describe it pretty well when I'm in therapy, but like it's a, it's almost like a body high. It's almost like if if the song hits just right, it's like I took like an indica edible or something like that. And I had that experience with Exit Music for film, and it was just I have it with a lot of Radiohead songs and a few Manchester songs, and that's how I know it's like really special because like my whole body reacts to it. I, I feel the same way. I don't know if I have that condition or not, but maybe I do because when I, I hear it, it actually envelops my body and I could feel the vibrations throughout my body. It's like a whole yeah. body experience. Do you know the B, the Radiohead B-side? I'm like talking about Radiohead, but one more thing about Radiohead. Do you know the B-side talk show host? I know a lot of B-sides. I've okay. liked, uh, you know, the One of the benefits of being a younger Radiohead fan and like not growing up with it is now everything's on Spotify and Apple right, Music. You're right. So it wasn't hard for me to find Worry Wart the way it was for people when it first came out. You had to go to a secret website, That's a good point. all these things. But like stuff like Macroladoria and How Can You Be Sure and Worry Wart, like it's a lot easier to find because it's all in one place. So when I did my radio deep dive, I found all of it. That's a good point. You know, you had ac- I've always had access to all music, but at the same point, it might also be overwhelming because you have access to everything. You really have to strategize and decide where you're going to go down the deep hole with something. You know, it's like, that's interesting. Yeah. I wanted to talk to you about collaborating because you... Hi, I'm Chris Gethard, and I'm very excited to tell you about Beautiful Anonymous, a podcast where I talk to random people on the phone. I tweet out a phone number, thousands of people try to call, you talk to one of them, they stay anonymous, I can't hang up, that's all the rules. I never know what's going to happen. We get serious ones. I've talked with meth dealers on their way to prison. I've talked to people who survived mass shootings. Crazy funny ones. I talked to a guy with a goose laugh, somebody who dresses up as a pirate on the weekends. I never know what's going to happen. It's a great show. Subscribe today, Beautiful Anonymous. You've collaborated with Andy. I also love what you did with Luke Spiller. The struts are so great. Um, And I've, I've seen dynamic between you guys. I think you guys have have a beautiful rapport. Um, But talk to me about seeing Luke and his performance. He's such a, he's such a rock star. He's such a performer. And has that sort of changed your perspective of how you want to perform? Because you, you, you thrive in that singer songwriter stripped down, but then I've seen you on stage with Luke. I've seen you on stage with cheap trick at Boston calling you crush, you crush in a huge, huge arena as well. Would you prefer one way over the other? That's, that's really funny. You say that because when Luke asked me to come on stage at Boston calling, so we're at different levels, uh, musically, completely different levels musically. Um, I'm more like I have other friends out here in LA that are like part of like the local punk scene. And like when we're looking at like streams and how well our music does, I'm in like the small unknown local band section with just like music. Um, I love that. Luke is not. Okay. So, (laughs) so when I played Boston College, it was the biggest show that I had ever played. And by the end of my set, there's probably like a thousand, fifteen hundred people, maybe, maybe 2000. I'm not good with numbers. But um, I was like, this is great. This is exhilarating. At the time in my life, the stage was massive. I was running back and forth, having the best time. And then Luke was like, you should come on and sing our song with me. And I get on stage and there's, there's like 5,000 people. And it was the first time I'd ever seen an audience that big. And <laughs> Were I, you I mean, freaking out? Like, how did you feel? Well, I forgot all of the lyrics. <laughs> It happens, you know. 
except for the chorus. And I even told Luke before the show, I was like, I don't think this is a good idea. I'm going to forget everything. And he's like, no, babe, you'll be fine. That's a good accent. That's a good accent. I wasn't fine at all. Uh, But, you know, it's a character building experience. Oh, my God. Do you get nervous in general? Well, yes, I do. I like the first like 10 acoustic, small acoustic shows I did. I was nervous. Now when I do acoustic shows. I, I don't even rehearse. It's like fine. Oh, that's it. great. Um, and then the first, like when I went on tour with uh, the Revivalists just recently, the first like two, three shows with like audiences that big, I was nervous. And then by the time we made it to Ryman Auditorium, I was like, I got this. We're fine. You got it. Um, so it's like, it kind of just, it takes me a few shows to get acclimated to the size of the audience. And then once I've played a few shows with that size, it's fine. Well, you get nervous because you care. You know, your your yeah. music is so personal. You know, it's so, I mean, I can't even imagine what that feeling is like to write your own lyrics alone in your in your house or your apartment and it, using it as sort of therapy or medicine and then performing it and then hopefully having people sing it back to you. To me, that's the ultimate win and uh, validation. Yeah. You know, what is that feeling like? There's no way to describe it. But you mentioned eyelids at the beginning of this call. And um, one of the recent times that I played a show in France, because again, like I am very green. I'm very new at all of this. I've only been doing it for a few years and I'm still in just super beginning stages. So I didn't think that something like this would happen for, you know, at least another 10 years. And I, so I'm, I'm, I'm in France and I'm doing an acoustic show and I start doing eyelids. And when it comes towards the end where there's like, there's three different melodies and three different kind of like vocal sections that happen. Mm-hmm. And I was doing the lead and like a group of people all to my left were doing one of the second melody oh. uh, the harmonies and stuff. And I like stopped and I was like, are you guys down to like help me out with something? And they were all like, yeah. And so I was like, okay, so this side, keep doing what you're doing. And then I taught the other side of the room, the third melody section. Oh. And then we all did it together. That's beautiful. And it was, um, it was insane. I'd never experienced anything like that. That's so symbolic. Oh, what, a, what a pivotal point for you, you know? Mm-hmm. But you've been working hard at it. And you're so humble, but you have been working hard at it. You have been manifesting, you've been putting it out there. And now touring with Silver Sun Pickups. I mean, tell me, tell me when you got the news, what that meant to you and what you did. So it had been a it had been a discussion for a few weeks at that point. By the time like it was solidified, like we'd already been talking about it, and, and I do this thing where I, uh, I don't let myself get too excited until mm-hmm. it's because you never know what's going to happen. Of course, you know? of course, and, um, yeah. My therapist calls me a pessimist, so I try not to just like get my hopes up about things. And so, um, you know, when I. Like even for example, when I when I got the Philip Klein gig where I walked for Philip Klein or when I walked for Jean Paul Gaultier, like I yeah didn't want to get excited or believe it until right before I walked, and then I was like, okay, now I can actually this it's is happening. Real. So for for a few weeks, like I just wouldn't let myself get too excited about it, and um, I remember the day I got the news, we were in South Carolina. I think it was it was like maybe our second day on tour. And I joined my band for uh, lunch or something, and um, I needed coffee. So I walked across the street, and they were up on a roof, 
the roof of the restaurant they were eating at. And so I could kind of see them from where, from where I was getting the coffee. And I got the text that it, that I got the gig and I immediately like called one of my team members. I called my friend, a house dude. And I was like, does this mean I can get excited now? And he was like, <laughs> jumping up and down, like on like jumping up and down, just super excited. And then I saw like my band and like my whole Aww. road crew, like, like everyone was just like up there doing the same thing. And it was this Aww. very cinematic moment. You deserve it, Paris. You deserve it. You're a true talent. I'm excited for so many more people to see you live and to see your magic. Cause that's how I describe you. I, even your videos that you post online of, of new, of new music are working on. I just, I love it. Um, talk to me about new music. Where, where are you? And what's your songwriting process like? Um, it depends if I'm if I'm writing with someone or not. Because um, like with Andy, there is no specific way we'll do it. Sometimes we'll uh, take a song that I started and start from scratch and like redo all of it, or we'll just change a few sections, or we'll start completely from scratch without anything that I brought. Um, but with me, just like by myself, my process is, um, it starts with a chord progression on guitar. Mm-hmm. Like one that's, you know, not too similar to ones that I've used before. Mm-hmm. And then um, I just keep humming until a melody comes out that I like. And then once I've got the melody, I record it on my iPhone. And then um, then the words come. And then once I, once I get it's it's typically I'll either only do the choruses first and then move on to the verse, or I'll do all of the verses first and then move on to the chorus. Going back and forth is sometimes hard for my brain. I struggle a lot with bridges. Okay, yeah. I've never been. Sometimes I just don't include a bridge at all. I'm like, I just don't. It's it's whatever you want. It's your song. You know, that's yeah, that's so interesting. I'm like, what if we just I kind of cop out? I was like, what if we just do a guitar solo instead of a bridge? <laughs> <laughs> You know, don't bother. I love that. Music is just one creative outlet for you. I mean, you mentioned, of course, you know, doing the runway shows you do. I mean, fashion, you've, you've been so successful. What are some other outlets you do? Because you, don't you also, do you paint? I do. I just don't share them with people. Got it. Got yeah. it. Um, I mean, I give them to friends. If, if friends come over and they like look through my watercolor journal or like they come into my little shed and they see something like they like, then, you know, I let them keep it. But, um, I don't really, I love I, that. I posted some of my art a few times, but I don't really. That's more for you. That's more for you. Yeah. It's cool because music and fashion do go hand in hand a lot. And I love that you love nineties music, but I also feel like a lot of your fashion is nineties inspired as well. You know, some grunge elements and stuff. Um, you were wearing this pair of like, burgundy like doc martens or like badass like so 90s are you are is the 90s in general like a muse for you um i think so definitely well pretty much anything but here and now yeah it sounds messed up but uh yeah the 90s and the 80s and the 60s and the 70s like i just um i've always loved the the flower child uh and uh, movements that occurred in the 60s. I always thought that they were very powerful and they touched a certain part of my soul that just felt like home. And uh, for a while, I, I would just express myself that way with um, just, and I still do with like the type of jewelry that I choose. It's all very um, like 60s and 70s. Um, but the yeah, the 90s as well. It's all very, um, they all just line up well 
with different parts of it. Mm-hmm. And I'm still, I feel like I'll always be an 80s metalhead at heart. I love that. I love that. That's, that's It's very rock and roll of you. It's the rock and roll spirit. When I was in ninth grade, I had the, uh, the Nikki Six hair. I had jet black hair <sighs> with the layers. Like one of the, the top layers, probably like two, three inches. And it all just like, I'd be in school with a can of hairspray. It's <laughs> amazing. Well, you were probably raised with all every type of music, you know. So that's that's sort of a unique position to be in, to just to to be to celebrate all types of music from all decades, from all genres, um, and then you kind of get to choose on your own which one resonates with you the most. Yeah, that's that's really cool. You've mentioned a couple of times in this call, um, your therapist or in therapy. Um, you know, it's a gift to be able to to find someone to help you sort things out. I know you've battled depression in the past. You seem to be in a really good place now. How, how are you feeling? How are you? Well, thank you for asking. Um, yeah, that seemed genuine. And yeah, it's true. It's true. A lot of that from interviewers, so I appreciate. Oh no, of course, mental health is something that's really, really important to me uh, and loved ones. Uh, and in general, I think that people should talk about it more. Uh, I think it would just help a lot of people feel a lot better just to even talk about it. So, yeah. Yeah, it did take me a long time to find a therapist that I really love. Um, about 10 years to find to yeah. find the one. And I've been seeing him for like three years and he's one of the most incredible humans I've ever met. And uh, like I tell him, I love him all the time. He says it back. Oh, that's like, amazing. It's a, it's a really, really cool um, relationship we have. And I think, I mean, there's highs and lows, like that's just life. Mm -hmm. Um, In the last like few years, I've noticed that like nothing has really changed, but I have. Life doesn't get better necessarily, but but I can get better. And uh, the way I react to life can get better. Um, And I know that I'm, you know, I still have like bad days, Mm -hmm. but uh, it's definitely the healthiest I've ever been. And I've also noticed um, I didn't like believe people for a long time uh, when they'd say like physical like, being active can really help with mood yeah. and and sleep and everything. And I just didn't believe them. I was like, well, I'm not going to run. Like I don't, I don't run um, unless I'm being chased. You didn't get that mind body connection. Yeah. And then I, you know, in the last probably like six months, seven months, um, I started rock climbing <gasps> and I sleep better. I feel better. Um, I look better. Just, just everything. I'm just happier. Rock climbing is awesome. Mm-hmm. There's, a, there's a mental focus and it's like, it's different when I'm riding my scooter or whatever. It's like, it's quiet and I'm able to think and like categorize my thoughts. But when it's rock climbing, there's nothing like I'm, it's total like focus. You can't be any more in the moment than literally having your entire mind, body, essence all working together in this exact moment. Uh, that's pretty great. How did you discover that? That's a gift. Uh, a friend, re- a really like close friend recommended it to me. And it's something that he's just, he's always been right. Like anytime he's given me, inst- I don't really like instructions from people, I but I'll, I'm good with suggestions, but he, this person actually gives me instructions. And for some reason, he's always right. <laughs> or we ran into each other and he's like, well, why aren't you rock climbing? You'd be so good at it. Like you're built for it. Cause I'm very tall and like lanky mm-hmm. already. And he's like, you have a natural advantage. Like just try it. And I started to, and I just felt so in love with it. <sighs> it's so liberating. What about how rock climbing people think it's grabbing. It's all about your legs. 
you know, it's a lot of leg and it's a lot of well, some of the paths that I do are all fingertips, which is oh, insane yeah. because I, I, I've heard of some climbers that on their off days, they'll do like pull ups on like ledges, like doorway ledges, like yes. just the craziest, Literally. craziest stuff. Wow. Good for you. That is wonderful. When you find something that resonates with you, mind and body connection, that is the best. And that's, it's medicinal. It really is. It's a form, it's a form of therapy. It's wonderful. Yeah. Good for you. That's awesome. Do you think that being in the public light has been a challenge for your musical career or do you think it's, it's helped or do you think it's like, you know, a lot of artists starting out, they get, they, they have the advantage of just sort of like being in a small venue and like no one knowing what they're doing and having the ability to work on their craft. But you, you could do one show and maybe you're not ready for the public to see you, but of course it's like posted everywhere. You know, that, that's, that's, that could be difficult. Yeah. Um, well there's, there's pros and cons with just like with everything. Yeah. Um, the cons would be that um, I can't make mistakes the way most people that are as new as me can. Where you go out on tour and you have like the grimy, terrible experience of in a, like being in a stinky van and doing all the things like and, and having the, the privacy and sacredness to do that and, and learn and put your hours in. Um, for me, that's on display. Yes. Um, so learning how to control my breath and like, okay, well this part of the song, I can jump around and move around and not lose my breath because, you know, there's time before my voice is actually really needed for an important note. Um, and so there are times where I didn't know that. And the note that came out was terrible and (laughs) that's going to be a video and it's going to be all over the internet. (laughs) And you know what I mean? Like it's that kind of stuff is just plastered everywhere. Um, so there's not that much room to, to make mistakes and learn from them. Um, but also at the same time, I have, um, exposure that most new artists don't have, you know, I'm able to, um, send my music further, Mm -hmm. um, like the world and to more people because I already have a platform, most of which was just like kind of handed to me, not kind of, it was, you know, and I've actually had a, a, couple of people like ask me in interviews like what advice would you give to you know a young artist in college that's starting out and I'm like I don't fucking know my experience is completely different I didn't go to college I I have um a lot more privilege than most people in my situation musically so my my advice is move Mm -hmm. I understand that you have really unique perspective you are a very grounded individual very you you really amaze me paris i I find you to be extremely interesting uh and you said something that really spoke to me you said um you know because i'm sure you get a lot of scrutiny and critique just because you're in the public eye and you say what people think about me isn't my business Mm. and that's powerful that's powerful how did you how'd you get to that point uh one of my best friends taught me that wow it's a lot easier said than done though Mm-hmm, I'm sure. No, you know, it's kind of a, a day at a time. Thing. I'm sure. I'm sure some days you're like, fuck the noise, you know, <laughs> like, ah, like I'm doing me. And then other times I'm sure because you're human and it, and it can penetrate you and, and kind of get to you and sit in your head. Um, I'm, I'm, that's something we all deal with, right? We have mm-hmm. good days and bad days. Yours, yours is magnified times a million. 
Um, but that's difficult as human beings. You know, sometimes we're on our, ga- our A game and we're impenetrable and we're like, no one can mess with me. And then other days we're like, that hurt my feelings. <laughs> and I'm feeling really, you know, vulnerable today. Um, I can't imagine what that's like for you. And I'm glad that you have found these outlets, whether it be music or painting or rock climbing and really just good people. Like, don't you think the most valuable thing is to surround yourself with people you trust? And that's like, that's easier said than done. I think for people who have a, a couple of people they can count on one hand to trust them wholeheartedly is the greatest gift. Do you, do you have a, a handful of people around you that you, you trust wholeheartedly and they're, they're your, they're your people? I do. I'm very, very lucky. I do not take it for granted at all. Oh, that's I know amazing. A lot of other people in similar situations that don't have any. And Good for you. It's a special thing. It is a special thing. I think that you and you and Willow have a beautiful relationship. I, I love that you were in her music video. Um, you guys have known each other for a while. I love what Willow's doing now musically. Absolutely huge fan of her work. Um, have you guys collaborated musically besides your being in the video? Have you guys done a song together or working on anything? Yeah, we, we went into the studio. We, we made some stuff. I had written this song about um, falling in love with the Aurora Borealis, even though I had never met her. And um, I took it to her and she was like, I love this idea. and Let's roll with it. And we, we like made like a demo out of it. And it was really, really dope. But then she and I, it was, but it was like some like weird astro hippie music. And she and I both just shifted gears and she's going more like punk and I'm going more grunge. And so the song just like, we just like didn't push to finish it. Um, but I think it'd be cool though. You, you guys are both such a beautiful spirit. And I think that both of you are really doing your own unique sound um, it'd be cool for you guys to kind of reconnect and see where that takes you. I don't know. I, I feel like you guys could do something really cool together. Something that amazes me, like being in the studio with her, um, was, and a lot of artists don't get credit for this or credits do is how much they actually do production wise. Um, she's a phenomenal vocalist. Like that goes without saying, like just the stuff that comes out of that girl's throat is wild. But um, to see someone, because the, the, having a producer mind is different. Yes. And um, having that ear and having that mind is a very special thing. And she has it. And seeing her actually produce, like not just songwrite, not just, you know, folk, vocal production, but like, yeah, pr- like proper production, which is me, her and an engineer. It's it's astounding. That's and I don't know if people actually go and like click on the song credits and see like how much she actually does. But. She does a lot. She does a lot. That's amazing. Yeah. I Like I said, I think what she's doing musically is really impressive. And, and, and the two of you are two artists that I'm really keeping my eye on. I just think you're both doing amazing, amazing work. You've said that music has saved your life. Um, do you want to share a little bit more about that? I don't know where I would be, begin, like in every, every sense of the... Yeah. In every sense of it, it's, it's helped me, you know? Yeah. Is there a go-to that you you put on? Like, what's your go-to if you're having a bad day or you're upset? You just throw on this music, and this sort of like gets you grounded. It depends. There's different kinds of upset. If I'm angry, if I just need to get things out, you know, it's a lot of like touche more. Paris, you have the best taste. I love your music taste. It's so so badass. 
I like that you know who Touche is. Actually, Touche is a cool collab with Manchester. So that actually that whole album that the Manchester song is on is fantastic. It's got songs like um what's the name of the one that they did with Manchester? Limelight. Limelight. Solid song. Um, how do you tell me how you discover this music that you love? Is, does someone turn you on to it? Do you just sort of like like look around? Like what do you what do you how are you finding it? Touche I discovered from one of my like skater buddies okay um but yeah i mean some of it is is most of it's through friends but a lot of it is i just go on deep dives yeah and actually pay attention when someone's like no this is really good and you should check it out a lot of the times i actually will like that whole marcy playground um record yeah it's like sex and Handy's a good song but i didn't like i never really loved it right and uh i realized that i had already saved a couple other songs on this record just for one of my playlists. And I was like, okay, maybe this really is worth a listen. And I listened to the whole album and I was just blown away. I need to see some of your playlists. I feel like we can share so much music and our, our love for music. Each one's about 20 hours long. So I can. Amazing. Can- Perfect. Same. Yeah. I, uh, I'd love to see what you're, what you're listening to. Do you have any, any mantras to kind of keep you focused uh, or grounded? Anything you say to yourself? Kind of just like to trust the process yeah that you know god's got me and trust that have faith in that that's great trust the process is something i definitely say to myself often you not only fashion icon musician you're also an actor i mean you're so multifaceted you were um in that movie uh habit with gavin rosdell from bush who was also a guest on the show what was it like working with gavin um, well, Gavin and I are friends and we became friends like uh, a couple years before that project was actually made. Oh. We never had any scenes together. Got it. Got it. Okay. We never had any scenes together, but he like had some, some scenes, I think with like a spider or something like that. And he was like texting me pictures of like his gunshot wound and things like that. But, um, you yeah, know, we didn't have any scenes together. We were never on, oh. on same time. Do you like acting? I mean, do you, is that something you really want to focus on as well? It depends on the location and for how long. Is there like a dream role you would like to play or a type of movie? Have you ever heard of the book, The Kind Worth Killing? Yes. Yes. I'd love to, if they make a movie about that, I'd love to be in it. Incredible. Incredible. It's a great, I've read it a couple times. It's, it holds up still. So we do something called, it's a lightning round. We call it Deep Cuts. Ooh. And I feel like that will speak to you why I call it Deep Cuts. Can you name a song, album, or artist that changed your life? I'm Wide Awake, It's Morning by Bright Eyes. I love that you love Bright Eyes so much. So good. It changed. Like I had a couple people, especially like one of my closest friends, uh, Mel. She's like exploring uh, songwriting and putting out her own music. And she like she's got the most insane melodies. And she was t- talking to me about my writing. And she's like, "How did you learn to write like this?" And I was like, "I've told her five times. I'm like, listen to this album. That's how. Like I learned how to write by listening to that record. Beautiful. He's Connor's amazing. What was your first concert? Well, as a kid, I saw High School Musical live, but I don't know if that counts as like a concert. Sure. Um, I saw Chris Brown's Fame tour, and that's uh, cool. Crew when Molly Crew went out with Kiss. Oh, it's awesome! All right, those are great first concerts. All very. Different. Do you have a favorite movie? Uh, a favorite movie, other than The Lord of the Rings, because um, that's I don't think that counts. It's like saying like, oh, who's your top five favorite bands? And someone mentions the Beatles. It's like that doesn't count. They're. <laughs> Lord of the Rings doesn't really count. Um, but uh Captain Fantastic, which also has Vigo Mortensen in it. Yes. Oh, he's incredible. He's incredible. 
Um, what's your favorite meal or favorite cuisine? Granola. Really? Yeah. Cuisine, I'd say either like, you know, Japanese or Indian. I love, love, love Japanese and Indian. What is your favorite article of clothing you own? I have a lot of clothes. <laughs> Pretty much anything I own by Gautier or, or Galliano. Yeah. Or Vivian Westwood. Like those are, those are some of my, my favorite. Amazing. Favorite belongings of mine. Do you collect anything? Jewelry. Jewelry. <laughs> Clothes and jewelry. Yeah, I collect a lot of oddities. These are all. Well, yeah, oh, she cool. She got this oddity. I collect. Yeah, I collect a lot of. This is my altar, and I collect a lot of like oddities and things. So cool. Do you have? Do you have like um, like a, a prized possession? Like, is there one item you own that's like your most sacred item? I have one of John Lennon's guitar picks. Wow. And uh, I have a 1971 uh, acoustic Gibson that's in mint condition. Oh, my God. That is incredible. I have John Lennon's autograph. A quick story. I'm from New York. And when my parents were pregnant with my sister, they were waiting in line for um, Equus, which was a Broadway show. And they were waiting in line and someone stepped on my mother's foot. And my parents looked up and it was John Lennon. And Yoko was pregnant also. So Yoko and my mom are both pregnant. She was pregnant with Sean. My mom was pregnant with my sister. And then my dad's trying to make a joke like, look at us. Like, we have so much in common, like our pregnant wives. You know what I mean? It's like so embarrassing. But John Lennon stepped on my mother's phone when she was pregnant. So he signed their, the, uh, the, you know, the, uh, the, the program, the playbill with his signature. So it's pretty cool. I mean, I can't even imagine what that was like to meet John Lennon. What is something your fans would be surprised to learn about you? I don't know. I'm very open about mm -hmm. who I am on the internet. Like, I actually, I, and I check in with some of my friends too. I'm like, I just want to make sure, like, there's a there's a congruency with how I am in person and what I put on the internet. Because I, I don't like catfishing, and I want to be like mm -hmm. as authentic as possible if I am going to be on social media. I let people know if I'm using filters and things like that for the most part. Um, my friends are all like, no, that's pretty, huh. it's pretty accurate. So I think, you know. I think that, that must be so liberating to know that you are you, you know, and you, you're able to, to share that with the world uh, and, and feel great and proud about that. That's, you, should, you should feel proud about that, you know, you're, that you are authentically you. Do you have a role model? Yeah, but it's like for different categories. Mm -hmm. Like my fashion role model would be Vivian Westwood, you know. Um, rest in peace. Yeah. Um, she is just the embodiment of punk and self-expression. Like she's just an icon, uh, for lack of, I, I don't like that word because it's so overused and, and it's just, it's lost its, um, weight because so many yeah. people use it these days, but a true, true icon for self-expression and rock and roll and punk. Um, Musically, I have so many. I know I've already listed a few. Like Andy's one of my role models musically, um, but also as a person, he's a phenomenal. I don't know if you've had him on the show or if you plan yeah. to. He's just one of the funniest, kindest human beings. He's an amazing husband to his wife. He's an amazing father to his children. He's a fantastic wow. bandmate to his guys. Like it's, he's just an all-around solid human being, humble and uh, kind. He is a quality individual. I, I second mm -hmm. that. He's a, he's a special, special guy. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, different different categories of my life. I have different role models for sure for all of them. If you could meet any celebrity, uh, dead or alive, who would it be? Daniel Quinn. He's an author. Interesting. 
you wrote the book Ishmael, which changed my life. It's the greatest book I've ever read in my just in my entire life. And I would have loved to meet him and and talk with him about it. Well, you know, writers, whether they're authors or songwriters, it's lyrics, poetry, they're all they're all the same, isn't it? It's just mm-hmm. using words to connect. I actually I need to read that. So thank you for that suggestion. And last but not least, what do you hope to achieve next? Uh, I just want to keep touring. Mm-hmm. I just want to keep touring and I want to keep making music and I want to keep putting it out. Um, that's about it. Okay, perfect. Yeah, I think you're, um, I love you. I love your stripped down performances, but just also in seeing you rock out, like when you were on, were you on Kimmel or Fallon and one of those shows, Both. you were awesome. You were both, yeah. I I thought you were so badass, just rocking That's out. Really too. good to say both, like that. Yeah, that how cool. I have to acknowledge that, like, I have to like be kind to myself because I can be very rude sometimes. I'm like, no, it feels good to say that, so I have to, you know, practice being kind. You're really good at that. You're really good at being present and being and and acknowledging. Um, to being proud, you're, but you're also so humble. It's like you're you're very interesting. Thank you. I think being kind to ourselves is really important, especially if we spent most of it not doing that. I also think when we're kind to ourselves is how we can be kinder to others, right? So it's it really does start with us. So it's like self-love, and then you have the outflow that you can share with everyone else. But it's, you're right, it does start with yourself for sure. I think that this next chapter for you musically is going to be beyond pivotal. And I can't wait to see you evolve even further as a musician and artist because I I just as soon as I, I, I heard you I'm like wow the potential here is unlimited I think you're amazing Paris thank you so much seriously thank you for having me on here Paris is so humble and grounded and I can't wait to see where her music takes her and I also love that we were able to bond so much over our love of Blind Melon and if you don't know the song Changed by Blind Melon please go give it a listen it is a 90s classic. It is now time for my sound advice, new music you need to know. Paris and I talked a lot about our mutual love for Manchester Orchestra, so I wanted to feature one of their latest songs. Frontman Andy Hull said they traded in some of their heavier guitars for some piano on this one, but the lyrics are still some of their darkest. Whatever they do, it is always beautiful. They just put out their album, The Valley of Vision. Take a listen to their song, The Way. Next on my sound advice this week is the latest from Greta Van Fleet. The boys are back and announced their upcoming third album called Starcatcher, which was recorded in Nashville with Grammy-winning producer Dave Cobb. He's worked with artists like Brandy Carlisle and Jason Isbell. The band described the new album as very instinctual and this first single as an exotic spiritual journey. I just love these guys and frontman Josh's voice sounds better than ever. Check out Greta Van Fleet's latest Meeting the Master. Also, my sound advice this week is Santa Cruz band Scowl. Frontwoman Kat Moss, she's just awesome. And she has a playlist that shares some of her influences, including Bikini Kill, Ramones, Violent Femmes. And the song first on her list is Blind Melon, which makes her my sonic soulmate. There is definitely a Blind Melon recurring theme on today's episode. So maybe you need to embrace some 90s magic and revisit. But make sure you know this new band Scowl. Their latest EP, Psychic Dance Routine, is out now. Listen to the song, Opening Night. 
Next on my sound advice is the band Taipei Houston, comprised of brothers Miles and Lane Ulrich. Yes, they are the son of Metallica's Lars Ulrich, but they are totally doing their own thing that I'm loving. Their musical tastes are quite broad, and they cite artists ranging from Black Sabbath to Oasis to Miles Davis to Kendrick Lamar as influences. I still have their first single on all of my playlists. Check out As the Sun Sets. Also, my sound advice is a song from English band Trash Boat, who are on tour with another favorite of mine, I Prevail. Frontman Toby Duncan is a superstar and says this song is a reminder to take stock of what you have and realize it's already enough. The rest is just the bonus. Wise words. Check out Trash Boat with Delusions of Grandeur. That's my sound advice this week. You can hear all of these plus more on the Allison Hagendorf Show playlist. The link to that's in the show notes and at allisonhagendorf.com. Thank you so much, as always, for being part of the Allison Hagendorf Show. New episodes drop every week, so make sure you follow and subscribe so you don't miss a thing. You can find the show wherever you listen to podcasts, and you can also watch the show on Instagram and YouTube, and I would love to hear from you. So please like, comment, rate, review, whatever you're feeling, and reach out to me on socials at Allie Hagendorf. I'd love to connect with you. Let me know who I should interview next and what music I should feature on my sound advice. Thanks again. I'll see you next week. And remember, you're a rock star. <laughs>